I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt, and this week I'm joined again by my co-host, Luke Andrews. Luke. Good to be back. Good to have you again. Jay was not feeling well last week, and this week Jay has welcomed his third child into the world, so he is understandably engaged elsewhere. He's a, he's a little busy. Just a teensy bit busy. A little busy. But uh, we're really glad that you're back, Luke. And I'm glad that you're here to have this conversation with our guest today. Christy Dugan is joining us, the team leader of the Move Real Estate Group at Simmons Realtors uh, and a local realtor here in Louisville. And today what I want us to talk about is goal setting and planning for 2020. And I know it can seem like that's a little bit early right now. 2020, a lot of us are thinking, uh, you know, that's there's no way that's something I need to be thinking about right now. But it's really around the corner uh, and I think honestly, one of the things I'll hear from both of you is that the time to start planning is is not December fifteenth; it's October fifteenth, or even sooner, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that really probably how I'll kick it off here, Christy, is mm-hmm. the ideal time of year for you and your team for when you're evaluating what's going on with twenty nineteen, and then how you're planning for twenty twenty. Absolutely, the holiday season tends to be a little bit slower with. Uh, relative to your pending action and putting things under contract. So it is the perfect time for business planning as well as to create the pipeline that will carry you through 2020. Yeah, so October 1st is when we start our business planning, kicking off the quarter, and we, I'd say, complete business planning with a team half-day um training session mid-December. Okay. Okay. And then typically, how are you guys doing your planning? Are, mm-hmm. do you, are you planning on paper? Do you do spreadsheets? Is there a specific app or a program that you guys use? We are all on the same CRM. Okay. And we do a lot of our business planning using that CRM because we're able to look at closed transactions. So we start with how did you do this year? Mm-hmm. We look at closed transactions. We look at what activities did you do to generate that business? So we then look at your closing ratios. How many did you put under contract? How many did you list? How many did you actually close? And kind of work it from there. So we use that CRM tool. I I think that's fantastic. And actually, that that makes me very excited because it's, as I mentioned earlier, I'm super spreadsheet nerd. I, Mm -hmm. I really just dive into that stuff. So actually taking a look, having the raw data there to mm-hmm. see what you did this year yep. and then how you can use that to, to better next year. Mm-hmm. Predict. It, you yes. know, it's not just a, a goal setting exercise, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a adjusting our, our business plan. Absolutely. You know, looking at what your goals were in 2019, mm-hmm. what activities did you do? What were your end results? And then how do we adjust that as, as a whole for 2020? Yes. I think that's fantastic. That's it. So when we talk about that data, Jay and I have talked in the past a lot about what what you should be tracking and what's not important to track and et cetera and vice versa. What do you think are the most important things that you do track for your team that are the biggest indicators of what future success will look like? Things they can control. I like that answer. Activities. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're very activities. Um, Actually 
our business model is one that assumes business is never going to come our way. We're going to create business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the activities that we track are ones that have a history of creating business. Those activities are staying in contact with our sphere of influence through face-to-face interaction, voice-to-voice interaction, and then touching in different ways. Third, believe it or not, we do open houses and do some client parties and activities. So gotcha. those are the things that we measure. That's interesting. So there's there's not intangible things being factored in when you're trying to predict future success. Like, of course, there's things that you won't expect later in the year. You'll have deers. Those deals. are bonuses. Those are bonuses. Those are bonuses, right. right. We, we, we don't plan for bonuses or a lot of good luck. Okay. We believe that luck comes from doing the right thing. Yeah, good luck is not a line item right. when you're doing this. No, the, the luck line is zero Okay, gotcha. our, in our business plan. Yeah. The old Billy Zane from Titanic. A real man makes his own luck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. There you go. That's probably the first Titanic reference yeah. on resource too. I'm almost or, certain. Or Dwight Schrute from The Office. Oh, <laughs> man. So, Luke, let me talk to you about this too. Because you sure. obviously, Luke is a member of our team here mm-hmm. at JT Pitts and Associates. And you know we uh, lean really heavy on what we call KPIs, right? Key mm-hmm. performance indicators. Yes. And in, in a nutshell, it's basically what you said. These are the mm-hmm. things that we can control, that we can track. These are activities that we do, not necessarily outcomes, right? So Luke, when you're thinking about your personal business and your pods business within the team, what are the key things you're talking to with uh, members of your team about what they should be doing as far as things they can control? Well, in terms of things that they can control, I mean, as, as I mentioned, I've got a spreadsheet for just about everything. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've kind of created a spreadsheet that allows them to start with a couple of known variables. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, we can start with, um, you know, how much money you need to make on mm-hmm. a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can start just trying to figure out, okay, if I know, have a general idea of what my average sales price is going to be, uh, you know, what my tax rates are, what my splits are, then we can really back into how many sales you're going to need on a monthly yes. basis. Yeah. And then we can start looking at some of those KPIs from the past to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, well, if I need 32 closed transactions, this is, these are how many appointments I need to go yep. on. This kind of breaks it down by the, by the week. And we've actually started here recently where we're tracking the number of prospecting hours you know mm-hmm. that's something and we're general liberal with with prospecting because mm-hmm. everybody kind of does it a little bit mm-hmm. different it's the old there's no bad way to generate a lead um, yeah. so we start trying to figure out okay well if you're doing your specific prospecting and we know it takes you generally this many hours to generate a closed transaction mm-hmm. we know you need to be doing this on a weekly basis on a daily basis those yeah. those things there so yeah very similar we try to win three weeks in the month Mm-hmm. and win 10 months a year. Interesting. Okay. So we set activities. Um, we set our activities, and to win the week, you have to meet your activities every day. So we don't. you don't have to win every single day. But if you, if you can win the week and win three of those weeks a year based on your activities that we set, we feel like your, your goals will be reached. So that, and this is one thing I like too, is it's a very realistic goal because it factors mm-hmm. in, not, I, won't, I don't even want to necessarily say, necessarily say failure here, but it, it factors in just life, life in general. Perfection, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes. So there's, there's not this kind of overwhelming pressure over top of all of your agents' heads about, oh, I've mm-hmm. got to do this today. I've got to do it every day. There's no off days. Correct. Yeah. And you don't have to, you can win um, your week actually on Sunday. 
You don't have to win every day. You can win on Sunday, and you can do everything on Sunday and still win your week. Right. As long as you model. hit this this quota that you're trying to reach, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, and this leads me right into something else that I want to talk to both of you about, too, and it has to do with setting uh, the appropriate type of goals, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use this kind of as a pro bono therapy session for me <laughs> because I am the type of person who loves goal setting, mm-hmm. love it, but mm-hmm. I'm terrible at it. So, mm-hmm. so bad. Uh, so my big problem is I set very lofty goals, large ones, uh, with very artificial deadlines far <laughs> off in the future that I don't have to think too much about. And inevitably, they whoo, they just drift away as soon as I get more excited about something else. So what are the tips that you use? Because I'm sure everyone on your team is a little bit different with the way that yes. they structure their life, the way that they get themselves motivated. Yes. What are the tried and true things that you tell everybody about goal setting to make mm-hmm. sure they're on the right track? Well... One, it needs to be in writing. Okay, yeah. First and foremost, in writing, in a pl- and needs to be visited frequently. Okay. In writing, the document that you create with your goals is a tangible document, and we visit it at least once a month. We talk about it. We visit it once a month. The other thing is, it uh, related to being realistic. I'm sort of of the mindset that people don't do things a whole lot differently than they've done in the past they kind of they become more of who they actually are so someone who has never succeeded in meeting their open house goal for example yeah to double that open house goal the next year in hopes of creating some different result is just not realistic yeah also the the span of a with the span of a realtor the opportunity for greatest growth is usually early on in their career. So the newer agents, we can actually increase their goals pretty significantly. Um, But somebody who's been in the business four or five or six years, to expect to double your business year over year again is not realistic. So we're very realistic about things, both on the micro level as well as the goal level, revisiting the goals, putting it in writing. And lastly, it's not terrible to adjust your goal. It's far more important, in my opinion, to achieve your goal with an adjustment than to fall short year after year. Then it means nothing. Yeah. It never meant anything. And I'm glad you said that because that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to ask next was what was yeah. your take on editing a goal? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's not a – it can be a cop-out, but it doesn't have to be a cop-out. It can be a great strategy to build confidence. Okay, Yeah. And I love what you said, too, about, that, you know, not necessarily turning into a new person, but becoming more of who you mm-hmm. actually are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, especially with long-term goals, it's a really revelatory experience. I think yeah. I've learned a lot about myself while trying to achieve goals that probably I never should have set in the first place. They were mm-hmm. never really the right goal for me. What are your experiences uh, with that kind of situation, Luke? You know, I've fallen into a lot of those same traps. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, you set this big lofty goal, you've got yes. you know just these grand expectations, and you can see it, you can visualize it, you can do all these things, but it it's so big and so far off in the future that you just you end up just losing it over time. Yeah. Um, so I've started kind of breaking mine down into essentially the lowest common denominator, mm-hmm. just figuring out okay, what are just these daily actions that mm-hmm. I can take. You know, I've got I've got this big grand goal, and I've got a couple of different ways that I can hit it. Some different things I need to do on a regular basis. I've got these strategies in place, but then I've got just small daily actions because mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm of the mindset that you know, kind of as humans, we're we're very fallible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's left to our own devices. Yeah. We're gonna fail 99% of the time. Um, 
So I, I don't want to have to spend my day planning, you know, what am I going to do today? Because, you know, if I've, if I've only got an hour or so to dedicate it and I spend the first 25, 30 minutes planning, well, 50% of my time's already gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to have just these small daily actions in place, mm-hmm. ready to go so that I can just, I can turn around, I can wake up and I can say, okay, I'm going to do these three things today. And I know that's going to move me towards my mm-hmm. larger goal. And that's helped me generate a lot of success in a short amount of time. So, so it sounds like, Luke, your goal setting strategies in kind of like in a nutshell are more granular, right? Like you mm-hmm. have more success with the small goals and using those to inform your larger goals. I, I do. And then it also helps me build momentum. As yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. I mean, just small wins, you know, like mm-hmm. what you were talking about. Let's, let's try to win our day so that we can win our week to mm-hmm. win our month to win our year. Uh, just something that just builds momentum. Yeah. Um, because that it just gives me the encouragement. It gives me the strength to keep moving forward For on sure. a regular basis. Um, and then it just it just propels me to keep moving forward and keep going after that big goal, seeing that I'm making progress. Yeah. Christy, do you feel like that's the same for you, or is it more of a planning out big things like your whole year and working backwards to figure out your small steps first? Mm-hmm. Maybe what you suggested figuring out that's a tough question it's really a combination of <laughs> yeah. things yeah it, it's really a combination thing of things without question there are end of the year production sorts of goals for the team individually as a group we have our marketing calendar planned out um so it's a combination i can't say it's yeah. really one or the other well, let me ask you this too, because yes. both of you have perspective as leaders of teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times it's really easy, well, it can be easy to set goals for yourself because you are in charge of yourself and your own actions. Mm-hmm. When you're setting goals for an organization, you have a lot more moving parts and you have to make sure everyone is 100% bought in. Mm-hmm. So when you are planning goals and you're setting goals for a team, of, uh, specifically of agents that you're trying to nurture into really good mm-hmm. top producing agents, what are your tips and strategies for other uh, team leaders that might be listening or watching to make sure that you have group, like collective buy-in from everybody? Yes, I'd say first, allow the team members to create their goals. Don't create goals for your team members. You may be creating goals based on your wants and needs that are unrelated to theirs or don't consider theirs at all. Hmm. So not to say you can't push or encourage your team members to have a stretch goal, but they, in my opinion, they really need to set their goals. Now you can make a, a team goal that's a stretch, assuming everybody stretches, but that'd be my first bit of advice. And two, as a manager or a team leader, you can't care about their goals more than them. Um, then you're using more energy than they're interested in giving to get to their goals. So those would be my two bits of advice. So to kind of dovetail off that mm-hmm. a little bit, how do you work with an agent who's who's maybe not, who's setting goals that maybe aren't quite up to their potential that you mm-hmm. feel like they need to hit if they're just kind mm-hmm. of saying, eh, you know what, I'm just going to set a small goal because I know I can hit it, it's mm-hmm. fine. And, um, and then also, how do you deal with an agent who's maybe setting some of those lofty goals where you're looking and thinking, man, you may be a little unrealistic. So someone that's not, producing or setting a goal to their potential, I have a conversation with. Um, And usually that conversation ends with, it's not important to me 
to mm. make more money, to do more. My quality of life is perfect with this amount of production, with this goal. To do, to achieve more, produce more, requires me to maybe work more or work differently, and I just don't want to do that. If you can have somebody admit they don't want to, not that they're truly unwilling to, sure. then you're fighting a losing battle. Right. <laughs> but if, if, um, if you can tweak what they're doing a little bit more and show them how to tweak what they're doing to reach that push goal and you get buy-in, yes. On the flip side, if somebody's setting just pie-in-the-sky goals that will never in a million years happen, it's an individual conversation to look why do you think you can do this? Let's look at our history and be realistic about this. What do you think is harder to work with? Someone with that has goals that are outside of what you think their potential is or mm-hmm. below what their potential is? Above. Really? Yes. Okay. I think it's harder to work with somebody that has the pie bring in someone the sky. Back down. Yes. Yeah. I think it's okay. more challenging to bring someone back down because I accept, I accept my team's goals, even if it wouldn't be the goal that I had set for them, if I had that power, I accept them because then our working relationship is really positive. Um, and they're, people are on your team for a reason. They're mm-hmm. on your team because they don't, as, they don't aspire to be at the very top all the time. Most likely they would be a team leader or be working toward a team leader. There are some people that just aspire to kind of be on your team. So help them, helping them achieve what they want in real estate as a team leader is what I want to do. So it's not really, it's not a one size fits all program that you've got. No, 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 no. And not everybody has to be setting records all the time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. As as long as it matches up with their, their lifestyle Mm -hmm. and what they're looking at personally And, and kind of speaking of that, do you as a team leader, do you get involved in helping them, helping your team members with their personal goals and not just their, their business goals as well? Yes. Our CRM is a five-circle model of goal setting, and business is one of the circles. Okay. Yeah. There are four other circles that we talk about personal development and goal setting in. Oh, so it's only 20% of, of your discussion about goals is, is actually business. That's really um, interesting. I would say it's... Probably 60%. I wouldn't say that each circle is weighted equally. Business is 60%. Ah, Yeah. But there are four other circles that my leadership assists them with. So what are some of those other circles, if you don't mind us? Sure. Uh, Physical health, spiritual health, family and friends, and one more. That'll come to me. Clearly the least important circle. Correct. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, this is perfect because one of the things I was going to ask you about, especially in the context of planning for a whole year, you're sitting down in late mm-hmm. fall planning for 2020. What are the things that are on your mind outside of maybe the day-to-day running of the team in the business, outside of projected closings, outside mm-hmm. of how much, uh, you know, how much volume you want to do? What are these non-business or they don't have to necessarily be non-business. They might be things that have to do with hosting client events mm-hmm. or what you're going to do to engage your sphere of influence. But what are some other things that you're planning, you know, ahead of time for an entire year? Market conditions. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about market conditions. What has happened this year? What economic indicators are present that may change things for next year? Um, growth, perhaps on the team. Who may we be adding additional people to the team? And before I make that decision, 
I ask, is everybody on my team currently happy with where they are, or do I need to give more energy to another team member next year than I gave them this year because they interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I think about that. So you plan for cyclical cycles throughout the year then, so <laughs> it's not necessarily, you know, if, if I want to do 36 deals this year, mm-hmm. it's not just three per month. It may be one mm-hmm. in January, but seven oh, yes. in July or something like that. 40% of my team's sales occur between May and August. I know that. Well, and that's <laughs> extremely important that you know that, mm-hmm. that, you, that you've done the homework in the past to be able to track so that you can help people accurately plan for their goals um, and help yes. accurately plan for, for your own as a team leader. And all of our budgets. The newer yeah. agents don't yet have always a year under their belt to have experienced that. So they have mm-hmm. to have faith in us between October and February that mm. you will not be hungry come June if you just keep doing these things. I, th- I think that's huge because I think something that can happen a lot too when people are new to goal setting in the mm-hmm. world of real estate too mm-hmm. is uh, maybe f- fear that they are way behind schedule yes. or they're way off track yes. because their January is not looking like you know, like you said, three deals a month, three deals a month. Like you were not going to do the same amount of deals in July as you do in January, you know, odds are. If you annualize the first quarter, you, you, nobody ends up doing what they're actually capable of doing. Yeah. If you just annualize your first quarter, typically. Which just brings it back to how important it is to have a mentor when you're setting goals or being a good mentor to the people that are trusting you to help them forecast out their success. Yes. So you said something earlier, you mentioned that you guys are, you'll do your goal setting in Q4, Mm -hmm. um, but then you're, you're revisiting those on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. to make any adjustments or changes that that you're doing. Yes. What does that process look like? Uh, Looking at a year to date number come second quarter. Okay. And looking at a pipeline and just being realistic with someone, what activities are going to need to change to get us on board for finishing the year as you'd hope to, or what is a more realistic year-end finish for for you and us? So are these like 30-minute meetings with your each team member on a monthly basis? Are they hour-long meetings? I uh, meet with every individual on my team an hour per week, plus have a team meeting. Oh, wow. So yeah, okay. we have a lot of FaceTime and interaction. Well, yeah, but it's not a decision that's made at just one meeting. Okay. Yeah. And there's a form that everyone fills out in preparation for the one-on-one meeting about we divide our activities into COO, CEO, and CFO. Okay. So the COO is your pending business or your operations activities. Your CEO is your lead generation and prospecting activities and your CFO is your number stuff. Okay. Well, I want to go back. We're going to roll back just a little bit to talk about prospecting again. Because when we talk about forecasting out goals and things Mm -hmm. you can control, we've moved a little past it in the beginning, but obviously Mm -hmm. the big one is prospecting that everyone thinks about. Like that's what it all kind of comes back to. And Luke talked a little bit about how here we have a couple different philosophies about prospecting and everybody does it a little bit differently. We do have some structured, you know, prospecting requirements and expectations for members of the team. But what does prospecting look like on your team? Mm -hmm. Prospecting Winning the week is all about prospecting. Okay. So to win the week, you must prospect with phone calls. You must prospect actually with appointments. And you must prospect with card writing. Okay. So every single week that needs to happen. There's no time requirement and there's no daily requirement. But to win the week, you do those things every single week. 
Like I said, we assume we have to create every bit of business that comes our way. So the foundation of our business plan is the activities that create business. Yeah. Yeah. And other things we do with prospecting are um, we, this is part of our business planning as a team. We have business mixers, we call them. We host business networking events. Okay. And we do that during the first quarter because our fourth quarter is the client focused activities. Then the first quarter becomes our business mixer activities where we connect vendors, business partners, those sorts of things to create referral networks. Second and third quarter tend to be really heavy in just the COO, the um, servicing of pending transactions, maybe okay. creating some additional business. If any luck happens, it happens the second or third quarter typically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the fourth quarter are the client-focused, client thank you prospecting activities. They're thank you events, but they do have a prospecting twist. Okay. Yeah. We're visiting people's homes, we're delivering pumpkins, we're having pie parties and a big client party at Lemu typically. Oh, nice, okay, yeah. yeah. Pie parties and uh, I know. client event at Lemu. Yes, I, I know, it's I, fun. I, I may be looking to buy or sell real estate. <laughs> it looks like, here's my business card. It is um. funny, it, it's great fun, yeah. Well, but we, we have to, we use the fourth quarter to create the pipeline for the next year. It's, it works every single year. It's really effective. We expect to have 40% of our business in our pipeline by March 31st. Okay. 40% you said by mm -hmm. March 31st. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so when, and the tracking of everything that's in this pipeline, all of this is being done through the CRM you guys are Correct. using too, right? Mm -hmm. Do you mind saying which CRM you use? It's the Buffini and Company CRM, which gotcha. is a referral-based business model. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. And then from is is the business plan that you keep talking about that, mm -hmm. that your agents are filling out, is that located mm -hmm. within the CRM it as is. well? Mm -hmm. okay. Your business plan is one of the tabs in the CRM. Yeah. Okay. Your transactions, potential active, pending, closed. It's amazing. So it all just it, it just kind of builds on itself. Mm -hmm. It is the only tool that you that we use in tracking our prospecting, tracking tracking. It's our tracking tool. Period. Okay, gotcha. Well, before we run out of time, we have a few minutes left. But mm -hmm. one thing I want to ask you, and you can you can tell me. Like, okay. Hey, I'm not going to talk about this if this is under wraps or secret. But what are some big things that you and your team have planned for 2020? Like, what mm -hmm. are some things that you've already thought about that you would like to see happen next year? Just as an example mm -hmm. for someone listening so they can get an idea of what's on your mind this early going into planning next year. I believe in the power of an open house. Okay. And I want a few members of my team to actually do more open houses. I've been in the business since 2011 and um, I have seen open houses be highly effective, kind of dropped off a little bit. But in the past 12 months, I've seen open houses be highly effective for sellers, the agents hosting them, and the listing agent. Okay. So more of that. And I bring this up also because an open house is an opportunity for the public to interface with an agent. And agents need, in this moment, to be more professional than ever before um, because of some risks to the industry. So I see the, the open house as an opportunity to show people attending the professionalism of an agent, the seller, the value of an agent, and then the hosting agent, the opportunity to fish where the fish are in the pond. Yeah. So 
I think open and a little focus on open houses that maybe has waned over the past few years on my team. Yeah, that's one thing. I think it's interesting because we've talked about open houses at length. I think we've done mm-hmm. an entire episode on open houses before. But Jay and I have talked about how most of the people that you'll hear say, oh, open mm-hmm. houses don't work. Open houses are just a yeah. waste of two hours on a Sunday are the people who also bring a crumpled up sign-in sheet that correct. they don't make anyone you sign. And they sit on a folding chair you and they say, correct. take a look around, let me know when you're done. Yes. So we talked about, you know, you get out what you put in. So that's really interesting. That's something that you're planning to double down on in mm-hmm. 2020. And in addition to all that, I just the the opportunity to interface with the public and save the role of the realtor sure in part so yeah that's a great point luke yeah. what are some things that you're forecasting out for 2020 whether for yourself or your team or personally professionally whatever well i think for us it's it, there's going to be a, a huge focus on trying to figure out what we do best mm-hmm. and try to be as absolutely efficient as yes. possible you know especially for those agents who are Complacent's not the right word, but somewhat complacent in terms of, I know what I'm looking for out of my business. I'm looking mm-hmm. to work this many hours a week. I'm fine making this amount of money. And, you know, I still have the freedom and flexibility to spend time with my family or yes. my hobbies or whatever I want to do. So try to find ways to help them figure out where to be more efficient mm-hmm. um, so that they can still have the freedom, the flexibility, and the time that they're looking mm-hmm. for, but be able to bump up that income level a little bit, yeah. be able to sell a few more houses in there mm-hmm. as well. So. We're, we're working on a few of those and trying to tailor things again, just like, just like you do, Christy, just a, not a one size fits all, yes. um, but really trying to tailor it to the individual to figure out, okay, this person has a great sphere of influence. Let's really put a lot of focus in here. Mm-hmm. This other person is, is great with Zillow leads or sign calls or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, just really trying to figure out where each agent excels and then try to help them double down on that. So I love it. Oh, yeah. It, and I've got, you know, kind of one final question as, as we start to wrap up here, but you seem to have a very in-depth process, a process that's been laid out. It seems to be kind of tried and true. And you seem to track everything. Would you mind kind of sharing with us what some of your success rates are in terms of the goal setting activities that you've done? And then how frequently are your team members actually hitting these goals mm-hmm. and, and living the lifestyle, not necessarily just a transaction ca- account, but really living that lifestyle that they're hoping to live as individuals? I would say that 75% of my team has consistently hit the goals they have set for themselves. And 90% of the time, my team hits the goals that we have set for the team. Wow. Which is really interesting because that goes back to the exact same numbers that you were talking about before with trying to win three out of four weeks, Mm, 75% or... 10 out of 12 months, roughly 90%. So really Mm -hmm. interesting. It is interesting. And as I think about it, the team is closer to the year-end goal because of the individuals that exceed their goals. Mm -hmm. Also, that the team number's hot percent is higher than the individual percent for that reason. So I probably could work with a few people on, let's let's turn that number up a little bit. And (laughs) if you had to attribute those numbers, those those success outcomes anywhere... Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's probably, excuse me, I'm sure you'd probably say it's a mixture of one, hiring the type of people who are committed to exceeding, Mm -hmm. like exceeding their goals and meeting their goals. Two, creating a culture where goals are important and you Mm -hmm. revisit them on a monthly basis, like you said. And then just everyone also, I'm sure part of it is just everyone supports each other in achieving their goals. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big part of our company culture here. Like we're very open about what we're working Mm -hmm. on. We have a board in the hallway where we put whatever our biggest goal right now is. So everybody knows and can encourage each other. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here today. I'm, I think this was fantastic. There's a lot of wisdom to unpack here that all of our listeners can access uh, through the podcast. If you're already subscribing to the podcast, this episode will be available uh, in a few days' time. For our live viewers, thanks for tuning in. If you're someone who's listening right now uh, and you want to figure out how to watch live episodes, make sure to get in touch with myself, Luke, Jay, any of us to figure out how to get into our exclusive agents-only online atmosphere uh does that sound does that sound uh specific and fancy enough i'm trying to make it sound really exclusive guys but let us know how if you want to be invited in this group we'll make sure you're in the group so that you can see live episodes several days before anybody else gets access to them but again christy thank you so much it was great to have you uh if anyone has questions for christy feel free to send them our way and we'll make sure that we get them answered luke any parting shots before we No, just a real pleasure christy really appreciate you being here and sharing your insight and knowledge absolutely awesome all right well we will see you guys soon we will be back with more resource real talk about mobile real estate take care